2: Tom Bernard Show with
1: co-host Catherine Brandt,
0: Andy Brandt-Bernard, Dave Schrader, and Mike Molina. And
2: we'll be right back, kick things off Tom Bernard Show. Due to the billions of marketing dollars spent by Walzer Automotive on Tom Bernard Podcast, you hopefully know that Walzer sells cars. What you might not know is that they also have two full-service collision repair centers in the Twin Cities. They're fully certified by all insurance carriers and can help you navigate all the paperwork if you ever have an accident. But wait, there's more. They've also been in the paintless dent repair business for nearly 30 years and can take those pesky dings out for just a fraction of what traditional body work costs. Broken windshield? Walzer Collision is a fleet of full-service mobile glass repair trucks as well. Walzer are pros at body and glass repair, but don't take my word for it. They have an a rating from the Better Business Bureau and a nearly perfect 4.8 Google rating
3: it's
2: been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and <laughs> it's gentlemen. Been good. And how do they contact you?
3: At uh, e- either through our website which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. Speedy guns
0: Why don't you come home? Love it. Speedy Gonzales, Speedy Gonzales, how come you leave me all alone? <laughs> hey, Rosita, I have to go shopping downtown for my mother. She needs some tortillas and chili pepper.
2: <laughs> what is wrong with that? Pat Boone, how much more milk toast can you get? <laughs> That's about as milk toast as it gets. You're right about that.
0: But uh, Speedy Gonzalez was not slow. He was not stupid. Well, I figure, you know, if... Um, that's okay. If that's not okay, then why is, you know, what in tarnation, just shooting guns and, you know, being a dumb Southerner, why is that okay? Yosemite Sam. Yeah, Harkamies, exactly. Man. Why is Yosemite Sam not offensive? I hate Because that he's Reddit. a stereotype of Southerners, and he's dumb. Yeah,
2: he's an idiot. Um, I'm going to read this story, and you guys see if you'd be offended by this. <laughs> Jeez. Seriously, this guy had to be drunk when he did this. Okay. Paul Nealon. You know who Paul Nealon is? No. Paul Nealon, N-E-H-L-E-N. Paul Nealon is vying for Paul Ryan's Wisconsin house seat, and he won't have uh, Twitter to help him in his quest. The man described by the Washington Post as a fringe challenger who lost to Ryan 16% to 84% in 2016 had his account permanently suspended. Oops. Permanently <laughs> suspended. Whoopsie. Wow. In a move he called the epitome of interfering with a federal election. He wants a congressional investigation. A brazen act of censorship. And an attempt to suppress right-wing political speech on Monday. What right-wing political speech was he trying to convey? He tweeted an image of Prince Harry. Now, this is a guy that's running for Speaker Paul Ryan's house seat. Okay? It's a big, okay. Pretty big seat. Mm-hmm. He tweeted an image of Prince Harry alongside fiance Meghan Markle, whose face was replaced with that of Cheddar Man. What? You guys know who Cheddar Man is? I do not. No. Cheddar Man is that that skeleton they found in England, the 10,000-year-old oh, yeah, Brit whose DNA recently revealed he had dark to black skin. Have you seen Cheddar I want you to do me a favor in studio. Uh, oh, yeah. Bring up Cheddar Man's face. You see Cheddar Man? Yes. Just a little offensive, don't you think? A little Meghan bit. Markle turned into Cheddar Man. What is the connection? Uh, I, I mean, Markle's beautiful. What is he trying to get at? I don't know. Nayland's caption was Honey, does this tie make my face look pale?
1: Oh, my God. Oh my God.
2: <laughs> what are you thinking? His account was suspended by Sunday afternoon reports in Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. The Post reports Naylan has a history of anti-Semitic and inflammatory tweets and has bemoaned the Cheddarman study as a way of disappearing whites or dispossessing whites of their homelands. I got some bad news for you, Mr. Nayland. We all came from North Africa, so uh, you might want to get used to that. The fact that we're, we're all Africans. That ain't true.
4: On. I'm straight from Wisconsin, Tom. That's his thoughts.
2: I'm from Wisconsin. (laughs) I ain't got nothing to do with Africa. And now in Wisconsin they're speaking with a Texas accent. (laughs) I don't know (laughs) know where that that came from. (laughs) Nayland isn't the only one angling for the seats. CNBC reported last week that Democrat Randy Bryce uh, raised more than $150,000 in 48 hours following Ryan's tweet about the school secretary who was seeking an extra $1.50 a week in her paycheck due to new tax changes. Nearly 6,000 donations were of $1.50. So why would you put Cheddar Man's face on Meghan Markle's body and write the caption, Honey, does this tie make my face look pale? What, is, what are you trying to do, sir? See, it sounds like an is inside joke that he was maybe
4: trying to yeah. do a private message over to a buddy and he hit the wrong button and sent it to his, uh, his Twitter
2: account. But then he says the epitome of interfering with a federal election, a brazen act of censorship, and an attempt to suppress right-wing political speech. I wouldn't be hanging that on the right. Well, right-wing it probably is. Far left-wing and far right-wing—they're all nuts. So it doesn't surprise me. But yeah, let's not uh, let's not put Cheddar Man's face on Meghan Markle's body, shall we? Mm-hmm. Even
0: even Breitbart has said that he's too like he's too right-wing. Bright Bart says he's too right-wing. <laughs> yeah.
2: Whoa, that's pretty far-right-wing <laughs> right, right there. <laughs> oh, God. I think that uh, Americans have pretty much lost their minds. I really do. They're, the, the, the far right and the far left are just, they've completely lost it. We already talked about the fact that trying to prop up... Uh, Kim Yo-young as uh, some darling of the dance or belle of the ball, and she's a murdering scumbag. Uh, it's just but is she the lesser of two evils? Me. Well, even. No, she's not. That, I don't care how many evils you got, she would not be the lesser of any of them. <laughs> she's the
0: director of the propaganda department. So, and agitation. No, I think she's, uh, she's part of the same evil. She's not uh, a different evil. Come hmm. on, she's also the head of agitation. That's her actual title, you know. Head
2: of Agitation. How do I get that wrong? Yep. She's Director of, director of Agitation. <laughs>
0: Whatever that means.
1: I am reading through some of the tweets about her.
0: About uh, Kim Yo-Young? Yeah. They, they're they basically just enamored with her because she's they a just, attractive non-white person. Yep. Yeah, that's true.
1: She has the imperialists quaking in their boots. It's wonderful. Oh,
0: God. Oh
2: these people have lost their minds. They re- it, they, they have gone incredible. crazy.
1: Incredible.
0: Well, the good news is um, those words are tied to them forever. Yeah, that's true. Because people archive this stuff and uh, have fun trying to get a job once you're out of college.
2: Yeah, it's probably not going to be that easy, is it? It's un, uh, unfortunate that they're that stupid. You know what's amazing about that whole situation, too, is uh, the very people that are teaching this, that white men are the most evil human beings on Earth and we really need to do something about it and get rid of them and wipe them off the face of the earth, Uh, are the same people who owned most of the slaves north of the Mason-Dixon line. Isn't that amazing? Hmm. Uh, I was talking about that earlier today. Slavery and the American University. Okay? Uh, And I brought this story up. I haven't read this whole story. I brought this story up this morning, and I read just a couple of lines from it which I'll read again. According, now, again, it's people at Harvard, Yale, they're telling everybody, and obviously out at Berkeley in California, telling everybody that white men are horrible and white supremacy and, oh, God, white people are the worst, blah, 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 blah. According to the surviving records, the first enslaved African in Massachusetts was the property of the schoolmaster of Harvard. Yale funded its first graduate-level courses and its first scholarship with rents from a small slave plantation it owned in Rhode Island. The estate, in a stroke of historical irony, was named Whitehall. The scholarship's first recipient went on to found Dartmouth, and a later grantee co-founded the College of New Jersey, known today as Princeton. Hmm. Georgetown's founders, prohibited by the rules of their faith from charging students tuition, planned to underwrite school operations in large part with slave sales. Columbia, when it was still King's College, subsidized slave traders with below-market loans, before she gained fame as a preacher and abolitionist, Sojourner Truth was owned by the family of Rutgers' first president. It's Rutgers, it's Columbia, it's Princeton, Dartmouth, Georgetown, Yale, Harvard. That's where most of the slave trade happened in the Northeast, where all these places were now, they're puking up this stuff about white supremacy.
0: Well, why do you think they're trying so hard to uh, change history? Well, isn't it amazing, though, that it's
2: always... The people who speak the loudest are always the ones who are... Or I shouldn't say always,
0: but usually are the ones that are most guilty. Definitely. That's that's why they're speaking so loud is because they feel guilt and they feel the need to project it upon everyone else to make themselves feel better. But that story is not erased. Did they think that story... It is erased. Is it? How many... College students are being taught the actual history of the world. Oh, no, no, none. none that, that of would them. be none. You're you have to do independent right research if you want to know how the world actually works. And most people don't do independent research.
2: I mean, it's pretty amazing, though, when you think that this whole situation that... that see, what I would do, and, and what do you think is this suggestion? Because I think it's a great idea that African Americans should go to all these colleges and ask for their endowments. You enslaved my my ancestors, you enslaved black people to make money. I think you should, like Harvard's got, what, a $39 billion endowment? Some
1: unbelievable amount. You
2: should hand it over to
0: black people. Why aren't you?
1: Yeah. That's why a good idea.
0: Why aren't they?
1: They could because solve a lot of wrongs
0: because uh, sharing what they, their money. Yeah, they tell everyone else to give away their money and such, but uh, right. they are perfectly happy making billions and billions of dollars a year. They do pretty well. I don't understand. I mean, how can you be 18 years old and still dumb enough not to notice that kind of thing?
1: Do <laughs> you believe you believe what people tell you?
0: I never have. See, maybe that's just a
2: glitch in my personality because I've never believed what anybody's ever told me, except uh, in later in life when I thought, you know, when you know, we were very fortunate. Uh, I've done well in my job, so I started believing people. The first thing that happened when I started believing what people said was they started stealing from me. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And that's, by the way, not made up either. As soon as I had faith in people and believed what they were telling me, they stole money from me. Isn't that sad? Yeah.
5: It is sad.
2: I don't know. I don't know. what People are just, they will do anything for money. They will lie and cheat and steal. And I mean, one of these guys was a big-time politician in the state of Minnesota. Just an absolute thief. It's What an amazing story. Amazing story. So be wary, kids. Don't believe anything anyone says unless you, I would say, at least quadruple check. Work very hard to make sure you get all your stuff taken care of that you possibly can. It's unfortunate. It's sad, but it's true. Uh, Well, you buy, look, Melina and Dave, uh, you've had people, I'm sure, that were friends of yours you trusted and they ended up screwing you out of money. Right? Oh, yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah, and I have none. I'm a, you know, I am I don't like to brag, but I am kind of a thousandaire.
2: A thousand, you got a thousandaire.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but people, they're always looking for the quick route to, to make cash, and they don't really care how it comes about or who's involved. I, that's why I hate listening to so many of these stories of families and how they de-evolve. I did, I, for our True Crime Tuesday show today, we, we talked to Robert Crane, Bob Crane's son. About his unsolved murder. Right, from 40 years ago. My wife booked it. As a matter of fact, uh, I think she's trying to get him on your show here. He's amazing. But you hear what the families were willing to do and how they reacted. And uh, Robert Crane's second family, um, they they put up a a website, uh, I think it was like about 10, 15 years ago, with all the porn videos that Bob Crane had filmed. And you could pay to become a subscriber to go see all these movies. So they were exploiting oh, this without the permission of any of the women. Oh, and oh, and they cheated the whole first side of his family out of money and everything. But when it comes to money,
2: man, people are brutal. It's just amazing. They will do anything for money. Yeah. It's disgusting. It, 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 I don't know do they think that money is the answer and then they they can just uh, laze around and never have to work again and they can enjoy the big life and they can be, uh, you know, hey, you want to go to Paris? I'll get a private jet. I mean, is that where they think they're going to end up? Because you're going to need to steal a lot of money from a lot of people to get to that point.
4: Yeah, well, I think, again, it's people are lazy, but there's, you know, God love them. If, If all the people that were such connivers put that power forward, they yes. would be able to do amazing things and 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 achieve remarkable goals. But they're so focused on just finding a way to screw somebody else instead of finding a way to make their lives better uh, in a positive manner. It's it's uh, it's truly unbelievable.
2: It really is. But then you've got so that. Kids just keep an eye out.
4: You've got that winner of the $560 million lottery ticket, and she's refusing to come forward because she doesn't think she should have to give her name and who she is. Have you heard You're about right. that? Right. Because her concern she is signed the back of the ticket. Yeah, so they're, they're, her concern is as you look back through the the history of, of lottery winners, how many of them ended very badly—murders, uh, oh, yeah. mysterious oh, yeah. deaths, uh, family members bilking them out of millions of dollars, ruining their lives. And this woman just wants to have that kind of protective. Hey, I'll I'll i want to get my collection, but you know, most of us were thinking five hundred and sixty million, and you know, even if she takes the payout of what like two hundred and forty million. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, but she's, she's got the, the uh, wherewithal to think, hey, hey, hold on a second here. Let's not rush into things. Let me do this right. So I'm protecting myself and my family, which you got to give her credit for. That's a lot of money hanging out there.
2: It is a lot of money. The, the one problem she made was she signed the back of the ticket. And once you've done that, you're pretty much screwed. Yeah. So that's what she's fighting is to get that signature redacted. Uh, from the back of the ticket, so nobody knows who she is, and I don't blame it. Hey, how about yeah, that? How old was that one kid? That one kid was only what twenty three years old. And he won two hundred and fifty million. Jeez. Uh, and that was a cash payout two hundred fifty million because I think that was over five hundred million too. And this kid's twenty three years old, and guess what? Now his girlfriend wants to get married. Mm. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> it's love, Andy.
1: Well, it's love. They're in their mid twenties. That's not out of the realm of normal. Mm.
2: Uh, I suppose that's probably true. Yeah.
1: Give her a little credit.
2: We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Tom Bernard Show. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about MyPillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first MyPillow, and I love it. It's very comfortable, stays in that same exact position all night. Fantastic. Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. Pillow is offering more than 50% off his four-pack special, Did you do this because of the conversation we were having going into the break? No. Or was this a coincidence? No. (laughs) You do know who funded the movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, don't
6: you? Oh, yeah, 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 yep. I do remember now. You, you were John the one that told Fogarty, me. John yep. Fogerty,
2: baby. Oh, really? Fantasy Records. Yeah, yep. John Fogerty, Fantasy Records. All of his songs, his million, million sellers. They took the money. Fantasy Films made the movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and John Fogerty didn't get a nickel. Well, Fogerty's been Fogarty. on the short end of the stick multiple times, hasn't he? He really has. Uh, and he's the nicest guy in the world. He, I, I don't know if you ever talked to him or not, but he's a really, really good guy. It's too bad. Um, who was, wasn't somebody on this show told me I should watch uh, Comedians in Cars getting coffee?
1: Yeah, Is think,
2: that one of you guys? Uh, no? I, think I think it so. might have been it's JB.
1: Me, oh, might
2: have been JB. So I did watch a couple episodes of it, because I never liked Jerry Seinfeld. I, I thought he was the least funny person on the, the Seinfeld show. I don't find his stand up to be all that funny. He's not a pleasant person. I've talked to him a couple of times. He is not pleasant at all to talk to. So, you know, whenever you've had personal contact with someone, it's a lot harder to like them. Mm, Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, if you don't, yeah, if you have a bad experience, right? If they
2: are what they are, you know, they're just some people. Uh, Thank God I've never had to talk to Bill Maher. Well, I talked to Bill Maher once, and uh, he, I guess, is absolutely impossible to get along with just jeremy piven was a flaming jerk but um so i did watch comedians in cars getting coffee i saw the the jim carrey episode and i saw one of the jimmy fallon episodes incredibly unfunny
1: well what Uh, is it
2: incredibly it's Jerry Seinfeld drives a, a classic car. I don't know. He gets them from some car club or whatever. And Jay in the Leno, first, probably. Probably. I wouldn't doubt Jay Leno. Yeah. So he goes and picks up. In the first episode, he goes and picks up Jim Carrey. And while I do think Jim Carrey's a very creative guy, I think he is out of his mind. I mean, and I think I he's
1: crazy. I think that's probably true.
2: I mean, seriously, you should see him in this episode. And, and then Jimmy Fallon, here's... Here's me doing my impression of Jimmy Fallon on getting uh, coffee in cars with Seinfeld or whatever it's called. (laughs) That's what he does the whole episode.
0: Oh, I am such a
2: jackass. There you go. There's Seinfeld. Well, Jerry Seinfeld has another successful show on his hands and TMZ reports that he's just been sued over it. The gossip site says that producer Christian Charles claims to have pitched the idea for comedians in cars getting coffee to Seinfeld back in 2002, then worked with Seinfeld on a pilot in 2011. However, the lawsuit alleges that Seinfeld felt Charles was seeking too much credit and money and thus went on to make the show without him. One interesting tidbit the suit says Seinfeld pulls in $750,000 for each episode, and I believe he's done 30 so far, right?
1: Holy. God,
2: I think he's Who done 30 of them so far. He gives these
1: people this kind of money? i in the wrong business. By the yeah. way,
2: we yeah. are in the wrong business.
6: But you remember, they, <laughs> they before Seinfeld left Seinfeld, he was getting offers for $5 million an episode if they would have done one more he season. He was. Good.
2: Good. Yep, he was. $5 million an episode. Uh, by the way, $750,000 for each episode of Comedians in Cars. Uh, the episodes run about 16 minutes. Oh. So sixteen minutes for seven hundred fifty grand <laughs> is pretty good. And by the way, Jerry Seinfeld doesn't do
0: anything. Yeah. yeah, as if it's not making tons of money because of you know everyone in Hollywood knows each other and yeah. you know right exactly. So
1: I I don't understand how he can not. This guy isn't on the show, or how did he cut him out? Of, I mean, how right. does this happen? I don't
0: think Jerry would be that stupid. Well, well
5: it right. looks like <laughs> it it, <Tom's> the
0: <throat> guy can <throat> produce a document. <laughs> But, I mean, if he can't produce a document like proving it, then, you know, too bad for him. Well, if he can produce
2: the script of the pilot that they worked on in 2011, i got to believe he's, he's, he's 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 got a case. Yeah. Uh, by the way, reviews of the show are mixed. This one thinks it's the perfect Seinfeld sequel, while this one thinks reviewers never learn anything at all interesting from the chats. That's where I was left. You don't learn anything. All they do is sit around and, and drive these fancy, classic cars. They go and get coffee. They babble, and then the show's over. Nothing interesting ever happens.
1: Oh, so, so wasn't
2: well, that nice. what a show was that, like? That's
6: like? That's Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Except for that was funny because of some of the people on it. Yeah. Now, I suppose. Now, here, here's another problem I have with comedians in cars getting coffee. You know who one of the comedians in cars getting coffee was?
6: Obama. Larry. Bar- Barack
1: Obama.
2: Yep. He's not a comedian. He's
5: not
2: a comedian. <laughs> yeah. well, uh, Barack Obama? What? Yeah. Uh, Howard Stern was on there. Howard's not a comedian. Howard's not funny. Howard Howard does a he's a decent interviewer because his interviews are all scripted. But Howard's not a comedian. No. So I don't
1: know. So it should be celebrities getting coffee.
2: Yeah, celebrities, celebrities in cars getting coffee would be better than comedians in cars getting coffee.
0: Yeah, Yeah. members of the cult in cars getting coffee. So
1: is is so 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 Seinfeld isn't driving the car and picking up these. No, he is. Oh, he is. Okay.
0: So. But n- nothing ever happens. He's been doing this for like six years, by the way. He, yes, has? No. he has? It was no. on YouTube originally. <laughs> yes, it was on
2: YouTube originally. He, and then I remember it
0: up. one of the very first ones was um, Michael Richards right after that the thing. The big N thing? Yeah. Oh. And I remember he was like, you know, what were you thinking, et cetera, et cetera. And it wasn't really meant to be funny. Right. It was more like he was like actually asking him well,
1: that would actually what happened. Kind
0: of yeah, exactly. I yeah. think that he was trying to humanize then. Michael, yeah. 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 Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, and now it's basically what Dad said. It's just, uh, you know, well, look, two celebrities give us money. I'm well,
1: probably just sitting around. <laughs> who, should we, who should we get this week? You know, Barack Obama's in town. Yeah. It's He'll give just, us 10 uh, minutes. What
2: are you going to do?
6: <laughs> well, that one, <laughs> he picked him up at the White House.
1: Oh. oh.
2: He picked up Barack Obama at the White House?
6: Yeah. Was so it on his way out? The show? Yeah, I've seen that one, yeah. Because it was such a oh, big deal. Like, uh, you know, he, he couldn't. They could not leave the White House grounds, so it was just Jerry and President Obama driving around the White House.
4: Are you sure that's, yeah, you're not mistaking that for the James Corden deal with uh, Michelle Obama?
6: <laughs> no, no, no. This yeah. was, because when he did the
4: singing yeah. carpool karaoke, he picked her up in the right. the circular driveway and had to do the same thing.
6: Yeah, that, no, that's what Jerry. Oh, had really? To do.
4: Yeah. Oh, geez.
6: I, I suppose for security. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So what did you think about the show, Mike, since you're the only one that's actually seen it?
6: <laughs> I don't know. Oh, but I but
2: you saw it. I saw two of but them.
6: It, 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 it's like what Tom said. I mean, it's just two people. Like, I don't know. More I, self-serving? Yeah. It, uh, like, I watched the one with Lou, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and I don't know. Uh-huh. It was just like, ugh, I, I'd rather watch Curb if I'm looking for a Seinfeld spinoff.
4: There was a pretty decent show a few years yeah. ago where it was comedians that were, like, having dinner together. Do you remember that? And I, gosh, yeah, it five, table for five. Something like that, right, right. And they would have actors, musicians, comedians, all these people kind of sitting there and, and just talking about different aspects of the business. That was an interesting
2: yeah. show. Yeah, it was, what's his name? Uh, um, he was in uh, Vegas, Baby Vegas, that guy. Vegas, Baby Vegas, remember that? Oh, uh, uh, Jesus, Vince Vaughn was in it. Oh, what's his name? Oh, uh, John Favreau. John Favreau, yeah. Yeah. Swingers. John That's what Favre it yeah. did. A, did a, yeah, right. Swingers, swingers. That was the name of the movie. Um, John Favreau was in, had a show called Table for Five, and I thought that show was interesting. Right, because it was five guys talking, or not always guys, women too, talking about comedy. I, I thought that was pretty fascinating. Apparently, for maybe not good news for Jerry Seinfeld, every single news site is reporting that he is getting sued for comedians and cars getting coffee. TMZ is Daily Mail is, Newser is. Uh, I mean, it's being reported all over the world. Well,
1: don't you think, I think it's funny? it has been on for six right. years. Why is this guy just now yeah. suing him? I don't know.
2: That's
6: maybe
4: strange. Maybe it's because, you know, Catherine, it could be that now he sees that, that um, celebrities, you can knock them down. And uh, maybe he's well, always maybe. been. You know, maybe he's always sat back, going, "You know, there's no way I'm going to win. Nobody's going to care. I'm a nobody. You know, Jerry's somebody." Yeah. And now that he sees the chink in the armor, he's he's just decided to take it upon himself. But then you have guys like, yeah. you know, when when ZZ Top's uh, song, uh, oh gosh, what is the one that that's a riff off of an old blues tune? All of them? Yeah, oh, no. The but ring. there's one uh, famous one. It's like Muddy Waters they're ripping off, all of a sudden the estate realized 30 years later, hey, that's that's the riff from our deal, and they went after him and sued, and you hear that a lot with oh, musicians.
2: was that Jesus Just Left Chicago? No. that's an old blues tune. That I mean, that's like old bluesy as it gets. It's the one where, how, 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 how,
4: that one. The, so it
2: is LaGrange. Yeah, LaGrange, LaGrange. that's it, yeah.
4: LaGrange. And they yep. ended yeah, up getting song. sued for that and finding that it was part of that. But it, it's these stories, sometimes it takes 20, 30 years, and maybe it's because nobody it, in their circle... Has heard that version or knows what's going on with it, but um, yeah, unless you're
6: Robin Thicke, because that was pretty quick.
4: Yeah, but
2: that was great.
4: That that was a
2: scary law that they tried to play with on that. Plus, the fact it was identical to the the, uh, other song.
4: Well, wait, oh wait, you're talking just... the blurred lines? Yeah. Well, that's not a rip-off of a song. They said that he did it in the style of Marvin Gaye, which is what I thought was really a dangerous aspect of that whole case. How can you sue somebody really because it's in the case. style of I mean, who who doesn't do versions? I mean, Cheap Trick's got a song that's in the style of the Beatles. And right. you know, oh. th- there's so many of these bands that do kind of their own iterations but they're kind of paying homage to this other band they don't pay the other band but to say that you can't release wow. a song because it's in the vein of marvin gay music yeah that's crazy that would
1: be it would be every country song
2: right Birdie, <laughs>
1: Birdie.
2: andy's got andy's got a recording was it andy like five different songs yes being yes the
0: that is a time. great <laughs>
2: It is unbelievable. There are like five different songs being played at the exact same time, and you can't tell that it's more than one
0: song. Yeah, every other measure or so, it switches to a different song. So
2: funny. It's terrible.
0: They do all
2: sound exactly the same. They sound exactly the same, but what are you going to do? So I don't know. Should I... So, Molina, should I try to watch some more of this comedians in cars getting coffee? Does it get any better? No, I wouldn't. It's just, it's just basically, hey, look, we're rich people because yeah, that's the yeah. impression that's I got. Is look how like. rich we
0: are. Yeah,
6: yeah.
0: Uh, it wasn't funny. I mean, uh, let's see if there's anyone on the guest list for the uh, well, recent episode. Didn't wasn't... Leno do a,
4: a show similar to that too, where he would pick people up in his fancy cars and take them for a ride? Yes,
2: absolutely, he did. Yeah, he's
4: out there get, doing so. the same thing now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Leno, I tell you what, is one of the hardest working guys in show. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could literally call Leno and get him booked on this show next week and he'd do it. He will appear anywhere and do anything. He's a hard-working devil, man. Mm. And he's another one of those guys who never spent a dollar of the money he made from The Tonight Show. Never spent any of it. Well, at that's, at that's not true. He's got all those cars. A lot of mad about that. Well, no, hey, that's from his. That's from his stand-up, apparently. Oh, really? He bought all the. Yeah, he bought all the cars from doing it because here's how smart Jay Leno is, and I can't really remember who he told this to. He didn't tell it to me directly. He told it somebody else, but he said they said Jay, you know, you do so much flying around. You do the Tonight Show because he was still doing the Tonight Show at the time, which would be filmed from say like you know three in the afternoon till till four thirty. And then he would go hop on a jet, and he would fly somewhere, whether it be Vegas or San Francisco or Minneapolis, and do stand-up, and then return the same night. And they said, why, why don't you buy a jet? He goes, why would I want to buy a jet? And they said, well, I mean, you know, because you fly every night. He goes, why just use somebody else's jet, and they don't charge me? Why would I buy one? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so they could just say that Jay Leno used my jet.
6: Oh, my God. You know, Wow.
2: Very, very smart guy. He makes a lot of dough from doing stand-up, too. He's not some lame stand-up act. He does very, very well. So he's one of those guys. And once again, a lot of people can't stand him in the business. So it doesn't really matter who you are or what you do. There are going to be people in, in, the, in the acting business, in the talk show business, in the, the comedy business that, that are going to hate your guts just because they're going to hate your guts. Whatever. Has
6: the band been lifted on Catherine going to see Jay Leno stand up (laughs) after that infamous? I don't think so. (laughs) I
1: think so. Oh,
2: oh, a frozen bitch? You mean that one? Oh, God. Yeah. Well, it's a different kettle of fish now, isn't it? So is is Leno
4: Leno and McCartney, Mm -hmm. she's not allowed to see either one of them anymore?
2: No, nope. uh, no. She's done the with list all them. This is No Leno. No <laughs> McCartney. None of it. She's got to stay away. Just oh no, it's it's her. It's her again. Get her out of here. Get her out of here. Get out. That's all there is to it. Very quickly to explain to people. Catherine and I went uh, to the comedy store back in 1981. I think it was maybe 82. And a guy on stage was, was his entire act was based on how much he hated white women.
5: Yeah.
2: So Catherine yelled at him, F you. No, I, I said,
1: hit the bricks. That's what I said. You said, hit
2: the effing bricks.
1: No.
2: I was surrounded by by bouncers. Not her. I was. So the next guy on stage was, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jay Leno. This is like in 1981. He walks up, he goes, ma'am, the one who yelled up at the stage, where are you from? Minnesota. He goes, oh, a frozen bitch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think was completely uncalled for. It was completely uncalled. completely uncalled
2: for. God. We'll be back. Special guest up next on Bernard Show. This is Tom, and I've been telling you how easy it has been for me to lose weight on the Nutrimost weight loss plan. My goal has been to lose 92.5 pounds. Well, I've started up another round at the new Nutrimost Plymouth location, and I can't wait to shed those extra unwanted pounds. Nutrimost is unlike any other weight loss program. It's just so easy, and they guarantee that you will lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. The team at Nutramost in Plymouth will support you every step of the way on your wellness and weight loss journey. Then, after you hit your goal, Nutramost in Plymouth is there for you with the Nutramost Forever Plan, an all-inclusive wellness program that improves and promotes healthy living and choices. Nutramost has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you, too. Neutrimost, Plymouth, located just off Highway 55 and 494. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Tom Bernard here. If you're ready to sell your home, you've probably heard that you should wait until spring. But why wait for temperatures to rise when the market is hot right now? Not selling in winter is a total myth. Truth is, buyers are hungry. At 763401 sold, the first two callers will get a free staging package. This is a huge value and it's only going to the first two Tom Bernard Show callers from this ad. That's 763-401 sold. Call now, get the free staging package, and grab the opportunity before winter is over.
4: Try to see it my way. Do I have to keep on talking till I can go?
1: <laughs>
2: get <What? is> <laughs> out of here. But the risk of No, Paul liked you, actually.
1: I know. Why am I banned from this? Why You're not, no. who, who banned
2: me?
4: Unit, no. No, I thought
1: there was something else I did that yeah, I, I didn't know about. No, Paul as usual,
4: I thought Tom banned you because he didn't like the uh, romantic banter that McCartney was throwing your way.
1: See, oh, I just flutter my eyelashes sense. at him a few times.
2: That's the guy. It's really great sitting there in the front row, about twenty feet from Paul McCartney, and he stares at your wife all night. That's yeah, great. That's wonderful.
1: All your
0: You're a lucky, I can lucky man, with Paul McCartney.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can compete with Paul McCartney, no problem. He's a multi-billionaire, handsome and talented. No problem. Man, I got it all might covered. might
1: dump you for him. I'm not sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. You
4: two sound like you have to transform your relationship. <laughs> huh? How's that
2: for a setup, <laughs> huh? Is our guest ready to go? Yep. Prestel, how are
5: you? I'm great. How are you?
2: Now, is your name pronounced Prestel or Prestel?
5: It's Prestel.
2: So, ah, see, that's why I asked. Prestel Asquia.
5: And thank you for asking. It, but, uh, Prestel... Actually, it's Prestel. It's a combo. Dad Mom. Preston and Adele.
2: Prestel oh, nice. Asquia. Is that yes. how you say your last name? Excellent. Prestel Asquia. See, we... Fi- well, I'm lucky because uh, the chief engineer on the show, our son Andy, uh, speaks about 8,000 different languages. So I, I, I get the the nod from him on how to produce, pronounce most people's names. So now I pay much more attention to it. <laughs> I pay much more attention. Could be Prestel, could be Prestel. So Preston and Estelle? Prest, uh,
5: Preston and Adele.
2: Adele, okay.
5: Adele,
2: Prestel. Prestel Transform your relationship, get the Couples Cure book. Ladies and gentlemen, the Couples Cure book is an easy and enjoyable way for couples to enrich their relationship. This book is packed with golden nuggets, fun activities, and tools that committed couples can use to enhance and improve themselves and transform their relationships. This is a good book to talk about the day before Valentine's Day.
5: Yes. It is.
2: It is indeed. I although I read a uh, poll this morning that 67% of people say they are not going to celebrate Valentine's Day. What what happened to Valentine's Day? Catherine, uh, my wife and I, we 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 celebrate it every year. We love Valentine's Day. Why do people why have people turned their back on Valentine's Day?
5: Well, Like you, my husband and I have been married for 33 years, we celebrate Valentine's Day. However, Valentine's Day has gotten to be a real pressure point for so many couples. My philosophy is to celebrate Valentine's Week, Valentine's Month, and Valentine's Year Rather than just focusing all of your romantic attention, oh, I'm serious, rather than focusing all of your romantic attention on the one day, and then the relationship goes back to whatever, it is, it it, it has become stressful for a lot of couples. And I've heard that conversation, I've had that conversation with a lot of people, and so they choose not to celebrate.
2: Yeah, I guess.
1: Well, they jack up the prices of roses. Uh, all the all the restaurants are booked and they're expensive and it just it's uh, it's, it's become a commercial event, I think, is part of the problem. Uh, that right?
5: that too what we do, and this is a suggestion, we actually go to brunch or dinner a week before or a week after because of that commercialization. Mm-hmm. That's and a good that works idea. well and for then us. On the but date- ev- every couple is different. Yeah.
2: No, I, we we just like it because, well, first of all, I grew up a Roman Catholic and so did Catherine, so it was St. Valentine's Day to us when we were kids, and then, of course, the St. Valentine's Day massacre kind of, uh, you know, kind of took some of the bloom off of that rose, so we went, okay, we'll just call it Valentine's Day. They <laughs> say now that people who have just met and they get married on Valentine's Day, it's a bad idea because a lot of those marriages end in divorce very quickly because... Uh, some people feel rushed into getting married because, because they, let's say they just fell in love, uh, you know, in, in January, or that maybe they met at a New Year's Eve party, and now mm. all of a sudden, a month and a half later, they're getting married on Valentine's mm. Day. Uh, apparently, those marriages don't last very long. A lot of them. Some of them do, I'm sure.
5: Some some do. I personally know a young lady. She's been married three times, and this last one was on valentine's day and i said darling i love you but i am not coming to any more weddings make this one last do what you need to
1: do. <laughs> no more
5: gifts for you no That's right. gifts
1: i'm
2: not coming yeah right. uh, yeah i don't i gotta believe to tell you the truth that you know uh, Catherine and i've been married now for for about 33 years ourselves we've been together together for 37 years I really doubt at this point that, you know, if Catherine decides to run away with Paul McCartney and I'm Mm. left behind, I doubt that I probably would get remarried. It just, when you're, with with someone that long, you don't replace someone like that, I don't think. Well,
5: thank you, honey, I think. You've gotten to a point where (laughs) you know one another, (laughs) one and two, your values are more than likely very, very compatible when people yeah, have they values, are. yeah, when you have the same values, the probability of a long-term healthy relationship is much better than those who don't share the same values. The values are who you are at any given time, and if your values are not compatible, regardless of what the values are, honesty, integrity, mm-hmm. uh, punctuality is one, If your values are not consistent, you're going to have difficulty, I guarantee it. And my experience has been that more than 50, 60 percent of the people that I've talked to over the past 25, 30 years about relationships bring up, they don't always categorize them as values because they don't know necessarily what they are. But those are the irritants that really cause people to celebrate, and, or to um, not celebrate, but rather to separate. Those are the um, drop-dead uh, deal-breakers. That's what I was looking for. Those are the deal-breakers. Right. It's the value system, yes.
2: That makes total sense. Now, now Dave, you just got married how, how many weeks ago? Oh,
4: boy. Uh, two months, I guess, roughly. Oh, has it been two months? Yeah, already? November.
2: Uh, yeah, no, yeah, November eighteenth. Oh, so, God, I can't believe that's been that long already. Yeah, so um, almost three months coming up, right? So almost three months coming up. Yeah. yeah. So, what? And you never thought of waiting until Valentine's Day to get married? You just. You know, before Thanksgiving was the time, so you got it done, right? Yeah, we, you know, family was in, we were able to get her done,
4: and you know, uh, we were looking at dates all the time. What's <laughs> going to work? So romantic. Well,
1: no, but oh, it, you romantic. know, it's <laughs> we could get her done, get her done.
4: But well, you know what I mean? It wasn't <laughs> to, to me. It wasn't. We didn't need a silly date like Valentine's Day or or something. I, right. I told her, I said, I want to get married on my on my fiftieth birthday, so I have a better chance of remembering the anniversary. My m- mind is lost, <laughs> and she was great with that. So, uh, but you, you know, we we. Got Got married um, that weekend when my family was in town. My daughter, my oldest daughter, uh, Jen, was uh, presided over our service and and married us. So it was it was really a beautiful uh, moment. But that was you know it wasn't about right. where or what the right. day was. We made it special because we were in love, and that's what we wanted to do.
5: Kudos! That's the way it should be.
4: Well, that's what she typed me to say to you, so I, I thought I was on the right path. <laughs> exactly. That's I
2: have, what she told me to say.
4: I have a
1: question. I have a friend who... Um, a friend? Her husband is n- yep, it's a friend. It okay. really is. Whose husband really doesn't pay much attention to any, you know, days like birthdays, uh, nothing. And um, she always leaves a card on the table for him from Valentine's Day, and he's never given her even a card. And I, and she says it doesn't bother her, but I know it does. And I wonder why she just doesn't explain it to him. It's like they've got this unwritten rule about Valentine's Day, and it, every year she gets her feelings hurt. I think she's just hoping that he'll just suddenly go, oh, my gosh, I haven't given her a card in 10 years. Maybe I should give her one.
5: What do you think about that? Ain't going to happen. Here, here's the deal. Talking- <laughs> Seriously. You- oh. If you keep doing the same thing you've been doing, you're going to keep getting the same yeah. thing you've been getting. Right. If there's something going yeah. on in that relationship that she's not happy with, to include something as simple and easy as a Valentine card, uh, the question that I have, and and then I'll go on, is whether or not his behavior is consistent with birthdays and other holidays, but if, if I were in her shoes, and I would recommend this to her as one of my coaching clients, I would suggest that she have what's called a renegotiate session with him, where she sits down, she talks to him, because he may not know. He may not care. Yes. People are different, and if he's been doing this all uh, all along, and it's not affecting him, he may not sense her angst, or whatever it is that she's Mm -hmm. feeling and not necessarily sharing, I would sit down in a non-confrontational way and walk through the discussion about how she's feeling. And that's one of the things, if I may, that couples have in terms of challenges, the inability or the unwillingness to communicate their likes and dislikes. Mm -hmm and what's going on in the relationship, which is why you have the Me Too movement, why there are so many people who are coming forward and saying, hey, gee, I've been sexually assaulted by my boyfriend, uh, Danny Masterson, and James Franco. That should never, ever occur. As long as you are communicating likes, dislikes, um, what makes you pleasured, what doesn't, those kinds of situations should never occur.
2: Mm-hmm. No, Look, no question about that. Isn't
4: isn't yes. a big problem in relationships though that we judge each other by the yardstick of our own experience? That this is something I would do for you. Why do you not know that you should do the same thing in response? And that we we hold that expectation, which is unrealistic because we haven't we haven't said you know it really means something to me. I, I like flowers. That's a good gesture to me. Uh, or I, I like this, or I prefer you to just come in the door and, and hold me. And and then we expect the partner to know that because that's what we want.
5: Mm-hmm. You're exactly right. We have not had Mind Reading 101, at least I haven't, and most of the people that I've had conversations with. We cannot read minds. and you just said it. I would prefer, I would like, it would be nice if but very low profile without threatening and intimidating and it's a simple matter of communicating those desires the assumption that people know what we want is totally erroneous happiness is an inside job it is not fair to our partners to expect them to make us happy we've got to communicate what's appropriate what isn't appropriate so that they know precisely what it is, then they can act upon it. Does that make sense?
4: Completely. Mm -hmm.
1: I don't like it at all, but it makes sense.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the problem is sometimes, too, early on in a relationship, we may say or act a certain way, and you'll see something, they're like, this guy brings in a, a big bouquet of roses and the guy'll say uh, boy why did he spend all that money and and you'll say yeah you're right that's a, that's a stupid waste of money those are just going to die anyway and he's locked that in okay so she believes buying flowers and maybe that's not what she meant but she was in a cordial mood and just you know it was it was moving the conversation along and they forget that that's what the guy is trapped into into the mind and you know he he's thinking oh you've talked about how commercial and stupid Valentine's Day is and You know, I'm I'm just assuming this day doesn't mean that much to you then and and forget about it. So I don't, you know, I wonder if there's a lot of that simple mistakes where it's just, if you just acknowledged these issues, they'd go away.
5: They do with communication and, Mm -hmm. and the acknowledgement, you've hit the nail on the head. You simply have to speak on whatever it is that's going on. You know, as couples and individuals, we have to get licenses and training to do most everything in life, except. Except, except when it comes to relationships. Now, we do get uh, are required to get a marriage license, but the actual training for interpersonal relationship with that intimate partner is non-existent. And the more training we have on how to, what to do, how to be able to work through those challenging waters, the better off relationships are going to be. And that was the premise for my book. To be able to show people, in addition to telling them what needs to be done, provide the examples of how to communicate. What do you do when you've got a person who is uh, non-communicative? How do you handle the in-law situation? Where do you go when you have a partner who chooses not to talk or who thinks that this is the best sex ever when it is not? How do you handle those situations? What couples need, not psychiatrists or psychologists, what they need are the simple tools and skills to be able to work through those challenges that we all have. And the more we learn, the more we know about working relationships, the better off our relationships are going to be. Make no mistake about it.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, the Couples Cure book, Prestel Askia, A-S-K-I-A. The book is available everywhere. Prestel, thank you so much for your time. It was, a, it was a lot of fun talking to you.
5: What a pleasure. Thank you. Have a great day and happy Valentine's Day.
2: Happy Valentine's <laughs> Bye. We'll be back. Tom Bernardo.